ho, 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 ho. Welcome to the show, the locker room. Hello, hello, and wow, what a fight card we had this past UFC 290 International Fight Week, Vegas, drama, upsets, bangers, broken hands, broken orbitals, anything you wanted, this fight card just delivered, and it just it just shows that when it comes to the UFC fight nights, we're starting to see the module start to play out. The fight nights are getting watered down, but they are just absolutely stacking from top to bottom these cards, and it shows. It really does show, and whoo, let's just start. Let's start with the top main event of the main event of the UFC 290. The number one pound for pound fighter took on. Yair Rodriguez, Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Yair Rodriguez, and it played out kind of how we all expected it to play out. Yair Rodriguez in the first couple of rounds, I thought he would have had more kicks. That fight he had against Max Holloway a few months back, he turned Max Holloway into a wrestler, if you all do not remember that. And this fight, he was kind of hesitant. I can kind of probably see he was... The, the moment probably got to him. He was probably wanting to see what Alexander Volkanovsky wanted to do. And they were kind of just downloading that first round. But when it comes to fighting someone like Alexander Volkanovsky, I expected Yair just to not to go balls to the wall, but to really just th- throw more at him, get it more Alex. Don't let him get comfortable. I know he kept stand switching. I did not know this was a technique, but... If you are fighting someone that is uh, a kicker or a kickboxer, you want to alternate stances so they don't get those body kicks in, especially if you're standing in southpaw. And Yair Rodriguez kind of looked hesitant, very hesitant in the first uh, the first round. He picked it up in the second, and then you can tell in that third round when his coaches told him that he he's down to. He kind of went balls to the wall in that third round, threw a lot of crazy shots, and he caught Alexander Volkanovsky. And when he caught him, Alex got pissed because he hit him with that overhand left that literally made him do a 180, turned around, and then he did the old smile and laugh and say, and say uh, bring it on. And Alexander Volkanovsky brought it on to him. He really did we um, the finishing sequence overall is he hit him with that that overhand looping left, knocked him way back. Volkanovski smelled blood in the water, pressured him, hit him with a lot of brutal combinations against the cage, grabbed his legs, flipped him on his back like he was a bag of salt, and threw him down, more ground and pound, and then the referee stopped it. Good stoppage, no complaint from the referee on my end or from anybody's end. You know, when you're in that turtle position, title fight, and you're just, and the referee's yelling, fight back and you're just turtling up it's pretty much a wrap you you don't want to fight anymore it's just 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 call it just call it want a little bit more from Yair Rodriguez but we all saw the writing on the wall he's the number one for a goddamn reason he has Australia pride on his back representing his country well and I don't see who 
who is going to take this 145-pound strap over Alexander Volkanovsky? Max Holloway, we did that three times. Brian Ortega, that's not happening. Yair, and possible contender. And next up, representing Spain, Ia Tapura. Ia Tapura, possibly. If you guys saw, they did have that square up where they faced off um, right after... Bokonovsky won. He was walking backstage, and they had that little face-off moment. It seems like the UFC is really trying to hype up the next pay-per-view, the next title fights with these uh, these face-offs. We first saw with Sean O'Malley and um, Sean O'Malley and, and Aljamain Sterling. We saw it earlier in this night with Israel Adesanya and DDP. We'll get to that. And now we're seeing it with Volkanovski, yeah, Rodriguez. So it's interesting to note that is that that's the new thing. Maybe that's the new WD, the WWE model. Ever since uh, uh what, what's what's their parent company called? Um, Endeavor, Endeavor, who owns UFC, bought WWE. So maybe they're merging some ideas. Cause I like it, but then with the fighters, you know they're. They take everything very personal, and I don't blame them. You are fighting in the steel cage in your goddamn underwear. You better take everything personal. The other guy across the cage is trying to take everything you freaking work for. And But that that's what happened. Will that be the next fight? I'm not sure. Bokonowski did reveal that he has to get surgery on his elbow. That's going to keep him out for about six to eight weeks. He wants to do the return against Islam Mahachev in Abu Dhabi in October. I pray I pray to the MMA gods that they can make that fight happen again. Because who in the hell does not want to see that rematch? And it'll it'll be very interesting. Um, it should have been Charles Oliveira, but Charles can't make October. He said it'll be ready in November. Not too sure what that is about, but there you go. There you go. Alexander Volkanovsky getting it done, sending the crowd happy for that main event spot. Yeah. Spot man, I can't talk today. And let's move on to the co main event because if this was not fight of the night, I don't know what the hell was. Brandon Moreno taking on Alexander Pantoja. You heard about it in the last show. Uh, Brandon Moreno was 0 and 2 against this young gentleman, and unfortunately, he did fall to 0 and 3. But it it was it, it was a banger of a fight, um, just stand up affair. The goddamn chin on Pantoja, it's just unreal. Cause Brandon Moreno was hitting him with all shots. He was doing everything right. You know Brandon Moreno has some of the crispest boxing and kicks in the game. He was hitting Alexander Pantoja with hooks, uppercuts, and he just, he was just taking all of them. He, like his face was not moving. Alexander Pantoja showed that he got that goddamn dog in him because he hit him back. He obviously, he had the better wrestling, the, uh, the better ground pedigree. He took Brand Moreno down a number of times. Let's let's pull up these stats so I'm not just ripping off the cuff here. Um, let's see. So for takedowns, he was 6 for 11 takedowns against Brand Moreno's two takedowns. Two out of four he went. Uh, total strikes landed. Alexander Pantoja threw 323 strikes, goddamn, and he landed 161. Brand Moreno threw 265 and landed 167. So even though 
um, Brandon Moreno threw less shots and was more a- uh, more accurate. Um, it just seems like Pantoja he had the he had the power differential that really made up for it. And with those takedowns, while we know that damage is the number one criteria now, uh, Exner Pantoja with those six takedowns is really that that's what really won him the fight. The ground control, the backpacking he did in that fifth round, just being able to hold on to Brand Moreno. That's what really did it in for him. I do 100%, 1,000% believe that it should be a rematch. And (laughs) goddamn Brand Moreno. He fought Davidson Figueredo four times. Just rematches back to back to back to back. And now the same thing. He might have to fight Pantoja a fourth time as well. Holy hell. But I have to say this. Brand Moreno, after even though he lost and he lost his title, he is probably my second, if not first, favorite fighter now on this in the UFC. Because if there's anyone, and I mean anybody, that embodies the Mexican fighting spirit in the goddamn UFC, it is Brand Moreno, hands down, no ifs, ands, or buts. This man comes to fight. He puts everything on the line. He got low blow, didn't complain. This guy plays with Legos outside of the cage. He's a little kid outside of the cage, but he's a goddamn dog inside of there. Before they fought, he shook hands with them. After they fought, he shook hands with them. But in between those rounds, do not get in this gentleman's way. Pantoja, I'm happy for him. Um, we, we now have our first Brazilian champion back in the UFC. We had none ever since Charles Oliveira. Lost it to Islam Makachev, but Alexander Pantoja bringing it right back to Brazil. That just shows that no matter what, man, the the Brazilians aren't going anywhere. It seems that they're always going to capture the UFC gold. And now with the fight before that, Robert the Reaper Whitaker taking on Drakes Duplessis. Oh, man, what to say here? What actually to say here? I tell you what, I was talking a lot of crap about DDP last week. A lot, a lot of crap about DDP. Brandon Moreno, uh, Brandon Moreno, what the hell? I'm still just on that fight still. Robert Whitaker, I thought, was going to piece this man up. I really, after those, his last few performances, barely scraping by Darren Till, almost getting knocked out by Derek Brunson. I did not think that he was going to knock out Robert Whitaker in the second round. One thing that uh, that I noticed and picked up right away is that Robert, uh, is that DDP, Drakis Duplessis, fought him in the southpaw stance, which was actually really smart. If you look at Robert Whitaker's stance, he is very susceptible to um to right hands to straight straight down the middle straight down the middle particularly jabs and that's just the way that his stance is the way he blocks shots the way he blitzes in he just really is susceptible to those shots and man when ddp took him down in that first round he was heavy on top those shots that he landed inside of the inside robert whitaker's guard was brutal he did not even have to get full mount he t- uh, took him down with a, it was one of those noogie grabs where, you know, in high school where you grab someone around the head uh, in your armpit and you just kind of like big brother them. He took him down with that 
and then got in half guard and brutalized him in the clinch. I was so surprised. He got a cut over his eye, and you knew it was bad when Robert Whitaker stood up and he couldn't find his corner. He couldn't find his corner. That That is an ultimate bad sign that you are just rocked and you do not know where you are. And then when the second round started, he did not recover because DDP hit him with a jab, a goddamn jab, and knocked him down. I was so surprised, and everybody else was so surprised, because he was a plus 300 favorite. He punched his ticket to a shot with Israel Adesanya later on this year. I'm hoping we're in July, today is the July 10th, the moment of recording this podcast. So yeah, they'll, they'll get it in five months. I'm going to say November, November, December. They're going to probably fight. They got to get this booked, but it may be sooner because Israel Adesanya likes, uh, really likes to fight. He likes to stay active. And he didn't take too much damage in that last fight. Neither did DDP. So I'm going to say three or four months, maybe even Abu Dhabi. That would be a banger if they could put that on an Abu Dhabi card. And with the whole controversy, uh, I don't want to get too into it. You guys, You guys know everyone else is already covering it, the whole who's more African thing with DDP being from South Africa and saying, you know, Israel Adesanya is not the true African champ and he's going to be the first true one. And uh, Israel coming into the uh, into the octagon and dropping the end bombs. Uh, it, it was it was uncalled for. Should not have done it. I wouldn't have done it. But you can tell that he was in the moment. And I'm, I'm just going to be excited to cover that fight. All the drama aside, we don't we don't need all of that. We do not need that. And obviously, the notable mention, uh, uh, Robbie Ruthless, Robbie Lawler retiring on a W with that quick knockout in 38 seconds in the first round over Nico Price, the UFC doing him a great and fantastic job having the video package ready for him. Robbie Lawler tearing up. As he's watching the video, you just love to see it. And that man is a goddamn bona fide Hall of Famer. I'm expecting him to get inducted before this year is over. So that's just going to be fantastic to see. And uh, also notable mention, Dan Hooker taking on Jalen Turner. Going to the decision. But who? Dan Hooker eating that head kick, breaking his arm and breaking his orbital bone and still getting the W. Dan the Hangman, you still got it, bro. Do I think he's going to get a title shot? It's really probably not going to happen, but you don't have to be champion nowadays, right? A lot of people, we just want to see fantastic fights. I think Dan Hooker should seek that role, the Bobby Green role, the Mike Perry role, where you just come out and you just put on fantastic fights for the audience because we're all going to tune in, all of us. And, of course, Bo Nickel, the biggest favorite in the UFC history, getting a 38-second knockout as well over Val Woodburn. That guy's potential is going to be very interesting. Not on Israel Adesanya's radar just yet because they are in the same division. But look out for this guy. He's 5-0. and He's still got some building to do. Let this guy build his experience. And... He'll be there soon enough. I think by the time, though, he gets to the top, uh, Israel Adesanya will probably be retired. I can't. I see Israel taking on maybe three more fights. He may retire after beating Bo Nickel. Who knows? That would be probably the, the, burp, uh, the perfect way to end his career. 
And that is the card UFC 290, one of the most fantastic uh, cards of the year. If you guys want to see anything, as always, uh, send me the emails, leave any comments. Let me let me know what you guys think, and I'll be covering. Oh man, this, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen, this upcoming fight night. Oh god, it's terrible. I can't even sugarcoat it. It's just bad. Main event: Holly Holm versus Maria Buno Silva. Never heard of her. Co-main event, Albert Dura versus Park Jong-Young. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's just bad. But it's free. Yeah, nah, nah. It's, it's not the card. Well, so this upcoming weekend, uh, I'm still going to watch, still going to tune in. But the following three weeks after that are just, are just goddamn bangers. And I just can't wait to see it. After that, we have uh, Tom Aspinall making his return from injury against Marcin Tobura. That the main event's gonna be good. We got Paul Craig talking on Andre Muniz. That's also gonna be actually pretty good as well. And then uh, what else we have? UFC 291, July 29th. Dustin Poirier taking on Justin Gaethje. Jan Blahovich, Mr. Polish Power, taking on Alex Pajeda, Hands of Stone. Paula Costa, Tony Ferguson. That that's the card that we need to be tuning in on. That is the one. So that's all I got for you guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in as always. And um, like I said before, YouTube channel, Snapchat, all coming soon. We'll be having video episodes. Uh, so I will let you guys know when that drops. And I will see you all next time. Peace.